0: My name is Mike Biggs here at the Controls. Today on the program, it is the last Friday of the month, which means Without Walls takes over the Hard Knock Radio airwaves. Later in the show, Davey D. speaks with Bay Area MC and host of KPFA's Friday Night Vibe, T-Cash, about his latest album, Brains All Over the Street. All this coming to you after these afternoon
1: headlines. Thank you, Mike. President Barack Obama says the $787 billion economic stimulus program he enacted within weeks of taking office is helping the economy begin to pull itself out of the recession. The Commerce Department reported today that the economy contracted at a pace of just 1% in the second quarter. The showing was better than economists expected and the strongest signal yet that the recession is winding down. Obama told reporters that some of the progress is, quote, directly attributable to the stimulus program. He says that and uh, and other difficult but important steps his administration has taken over the last six months have helped put the brakes on the recession. House Democrats are attempting to settle their differences and hammer out a health care reform proposal that could face a vote after their summer recess. Among the issues being tackled are a limit on increases in the cost of insurance and authority for the government to negotiate directly with drug companies for lower prices under Medicare. Officials said the provisions are part of a series of trade-offs negotiated overnight as Democratic leaders struggle to push the health care bill through the third of three panels to debate the health care issue. The House has also voted to restrict how Wall Street executives get paid after nine banks that took government aid rewarded thousands of their employees with bonuses topping $1 million each. The vote advanced the first piece of broader proposal by President Barack Obama to increase oversight of financial institutions. The legislation goes farther than Obama wanted by prohibiting large companies from fashioning pay incentives that encourage employees to take financial risks that could threaten the economy or the viability of the institution. The bill includes other Obama suggestions. It would give shareholders a non-binding vote on compensation packages and prohibit directors on compensation committees from having a financial relationship with the company and its executives. Iraq officials say at least 29 people are dead after bombs exploded near five Shiite mosques in Baghdad. The apparently coordinated attack targeted worshippers leaving Friday prayers. The bombing shattered a period of relative calm in the Iraqi capital. The latest deaths raised past 300, the number of Iraqis killed in what has been one of the least deadly months in Iraq for both Iraqi civilians and U.S. troops since the war began. Seven American troops have been killed in July, and that's the lowest monthly total since the war started in March 2003. The attacks also underscore concern about the abilities of Iraqi security forces to maintain security gains now that U.S. troops have withdrawn from major urban areas. California state officials say an invasive moth that has forced a quarantine across 3,500 square miles around the San Francisco Bay Area now is being detected farther south. The light brown apple moth was trapped last this week near Long Beach and Los Osos. So far, the pest has prevented the transport of 20 percent of Sonoma's grapes, devastated Santa Cruz County's organic strawberry crops and limited nursery stock shipments. Quarantines are now being drawn up for the new areas in Los Angeles and San Luis Obispo counties. Another quarantine began today in Manteca, where the bug was detected this month. The California Department of Food and Agriculture plans to release an environmental impact report today, outlining strategies for eradication. That's it for the news headlines. We'll have more on these and other stories coming up on the hour-long edition of the KPFA Evening News. Beginning at 6 p.m. I'm Andrea Lewis. Back to Hard Knock. What's so up? This is DJ Shadow, and you're checking out Hard Knock Radio. Take care.
2: This is Fay Carroll, and you're listening to Hard Knock Radio. News, views, and hip-hop. California doesn't need
1: another prison. California, California doesn't afford another prison. And California doesn't another
0: prison.
3: Welcome to Without Walls in Hard Knock Radio. These are news flashes. I'm Lewis Sawyer. Anti-gang crusader Alex Sanchez faces federal indictment charges. Alex Sanchez, the executive director of Homies Unidos in LA, has been under federal indictment since June 2009 for his former involvement with MS-13 gang. After violating parole in 1994, Sanchez was deported to his home country of El Salvador. He returned to the United States a year later and formally renounced his affiliations with MS-13. He would go on to help organize a local chapter of Homies Unidos, a nonprofit organization dedicated to gang violence prevention. Currently, Alex awaits trial. If you want to get involved, please contact Homies Unidos at 213 383 7484. The San Francisco 8 Update. After 38 years, The U.S. government's case against eight former Black Panther Party members has unraveled due to insufficient evidence. Charges against Hank Jones, 70, Ray Boudreaux, 66, Richard Brown, 65, and Harold Taylor, 58, were dropped on July 8th. Dalil Montekin and Herman Bell pled no contest to reduce charges of conspiracy with no prison sentence. Francisco Torres of New York City still has charges in the case and maintains his innocence. His court date is set to begin on August 10. If you want to get involved or learn more about the case of the San Francisco Eight, please visit 8.org. Get on the bus. The California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, CDCR, and the Center for Restorative Justice Works, Get on the Bus program have once again teamed up to connect hundreds of children to their incarcerated mothers. Get on the Bus project provides free transportation for children of incarcerated mothers to visit their parents while institutionalized. They also offer free travel bags, a photograph of mother and child, and meals for the day. Get on the Bus was postponed in May due to the H1N1 virus and the temporary ban on visiting inside the institutions. On Friday... June 26th, 32 buses filled with more than 700 children and caregivers travel to multiple female correctional institutions. Approximately 200,000 children in California have an incarcerated parent and live with relatives or in foster care. According to the CDCR, it's estimated that 75% of female inmates are mothers. For more information about Get On The Bus, visit getonthebus.us. This has been Without Walls News Flashes. I'm Lois Sawyer. Stay tuned for Without Walls Mailroom with Cassandra of CYWD.
4: This is Cassandra with Without Walls, and here are shout outs from young women inside Lockup. Smoky Low says, I want to give a shout out to the whole Oakdale. Rest in peace, Cam, we going to miss you. And to myself, Free Smoky Low, Oakdale mobber. I want to give a shout out to the 700 block. Yeah, Misery Lane, free me fast.
5: Donisha, aka Young Donny. I want to give a shout out to me, free me fast, and my family. I love and miss y'all. Hope to be home soon,
6: uh, mob. Kiki from the Rock wants y'all to know what's good, man. It's young Kiki. Shout out to the Rock. R.I.P. J Ray, I miss and love you, sis. And all the homies that's gone. Shout out to the Many Rockin', the Double Rock fam. Free keek Wink, MacNita, Grimy, and Senius. Meanie says, Shout out to the fam, the homies in the hood, my twin, and free all the loved ones.
4: MacNeita says, I just want to say I love all y'all and I miss you J-Ray and Big Herb The hood is grieving but we gonna make it We rock solid Shout out to the Brewster family and the Double Rock fam We all we got
5: Karina says Shout out to my moms Granny, grandpops Big bruh Twan B Sister Steph Cousin Ruby and Kirsten
6: Kirsten says What's really good in the hood I just made 18 about to be back on the scene doing my grown thing cause it's nothing to a boss Moms I love you
1: Jane Spunk says to my daddy, Peace Spunk, free that boy fat.
4: And unknown says, free your busy little diva. This has been Without Walls Mailroom. No my name is Cassandra James. And if you are a current or former prisoner and would like to be a correspondent for Without Walls Radio, contribute program ideas, or simply would like to have a letter read on the air, Please write us at Without Walls Radio at 1540 Market Street, Suite 490, San Francisco, California, 94102. We'll love to hear from you. Up next is Venus to talk about the Young Mother's Bill of Rights and the policy that is being implemented within San Francisco Juvenile Hall. Stay tuned. Ha, 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 ha.
5: Know it, will she get home and get behind on those men? She hit the floor, and what you can't see? it. If it's Today on Without Walls, we'll be discussing the rights of incarcerated parents and their children. First, we will be joined in the studio by LaJay Harper from the Center for Young Women's Development, who will discuss the Young Incarcerated Mother's Bill of Rights. Thank you for coming in. This is such an important issue that we want to get out to the audience. Can you tell us a little bit more about what is the Young Mother's Bill of Rights?
6: So the Young Incarcerated Mother's Bill of Rights actually was a concept that started around 2004. The Young Mother's Bill of Rights grew out of surveys that the Center for Young Women's Development conducted. And it was actually one of the main issues the young women inside of Juvenile Hall wanted to focus on. So after the young women got released, they came together in a group and started organizing around just basic human rights. Rights that any parent deserves, mm-hmm. being able to recover in hospital for 48 hours, or being able to get proper prenatal care, or being able to see, speak, and touch their children. So these basic human rights were being violated in South Sudan. They were, and actually there was times where a young women said she had to tell her baby she was wearing bracelets because she was shackled while she was visiting her son. Or there was even one young woman who had a miscarriage in her cell because the guards weren't giving her attention that she needed. A lot of young women also lost their babies inside because they weren't familiar with the family court system. So by the time they got out, their children were adopted. Why do you
5: think the center felt this was such an important issue to tackle?
6: because most of us at the center are mothers and we have been incarcerated so we have that passion of being away from our children and we know what it's like
5: so the center believes in young women advocating for themselves right why did the center for young women's development feel like it was so important to pass this ymbor inside of juvenile hall
6: well because the center grew out of teaching young women and empowering young women how to advocate for themselves so this was just one thing that we knew we had to pass on to our younger sisters so that they weren't losing their children and so that they weren't getting treated without dignity and respect inside along with advocating for young women inside we're actually teaching them through the bill of rights how to advocate for themselves i'm glad
5: to hear that you guys are doing that what are you doing to get this message out Every
6: week we do go inside and do rap sessions with the young women and we let them know of the Bill of Rights, but we also have been working with Melanie Cervantes who has created a poster that shows all ten Bill of Rights and on the front of it has a young woman who is pregnant and also just lets them know of organizations that they can contact if they feel that their rights have been violated and in hopes of spreading these out to all different community organizations that young parents will see them and use them or know how to contact somebody to help them if they have come across trouble. How
5: can someone get involved? Say someone would like to post a poster or maybe do outreach with you guys or come up to Juvenile Hall. What is a good way to get involved with the center or with Young Mothers Bill of Rights in
6: particular? So we are located in San Francisco and you could call us at 415-703- 8800 or you can visit our website at www.cywd.org We have a MySpace we have a Facebook because we know that these are the networks that we really need to use to reach our young people You could email me directly at leajay at cywd.org
5: So thank you, LeJay, so much for coming in and talking to us about the Young Mothers' Bill of Rights. I really look
6: forward to going around in my community and seeing it up in some organizations. Thank you. And we do want all young mothers to get involved with our organizing group every fourth Tuesday of the month. Just hit us up and come join us and fight for these
5: rights. Thanks again. Next, we will be talking to Nell Bernstein, who's doing some similar work with her organization, San Francisco Children of Incarcerated Parents partnership. Bernstein is actually the coordinator for San Francisco Children of Incarcerated Parents Partnership. She's also the author of All Alone in the World, Children of Incarcerated Parents. Now, could you tell us a little bit about what is SF-SIP? Maybe you could give us a brief history.
2: Well, FF SIP began under the auspices of the Zellerbach Family Foundation really just as a group of people who were concerned about the growing numbers of children who were affected by the incarceration of their parents. And over time we evolved into a somewhat more formal coalition that now works actively with various public agencies in the city of San Francisco um, not only to raise public awareness but to make concrete changes to improve the way those systems interact with kids so that kids have more rights when their parents are arrested.
5: So, are you organizing with children or organizing with the
2: parents inside? Well, we do both. Okay. Um, One of our partner groups is a group called Project What, which stands for We're Here and Talking. It used to be We're Here and Talking, all 2.4 million of us, but... Sadly, I think the number of kids with children of incarcerated parents has gone up a couple hundred thousand since they chose that name. So those are young people whose parents are or have been incarcerated who do their own work to speak publicly and develop curricula to train social workers, police, anybody who might interact with them. Um, We're also, for example working closely with the San Francisco jail to move from window visiting, which is, you know, the glass Mm -hmm. phone visiting, to contact visiting for kids. Mm -hmm. So that's work that involves, of course, both the child and the parent. And really, you know, I think our philosophy is that you can't make things better for children without also making things better for their families. So fundamentally, we don't really believe in that separation.
5: Okay, so you guys are working on changing the visiting policy or just making it so that it goes from being in front of the window to contact now?
2: The sheriff's department has, over the course of a couple of years, I think, of conversation been um, really responsive and has changed the policy so that now any incarcerated parent can request a contact visit with their child. Um, yeah, that was huge for us. And the Sellerbach Family Foundation and another East Coast Foundation, the Sills Family Foundation, have uh, provided funding to support community works, a community agency, and staffing really rich, supported contact visiting that's available now to all the moms and uh, is now expanding to the dads.
5: Are you working on anything similar to what the Center's doing with the
2: Young Mothers' Bill of Rights? Well, yeah. Actually, um, the Center's Bill of Rights, I believe, grew out of our Bill of Rights for Children of Incarcerated Parents. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's, the, um, that's the basis for all our work. Okay. Um, is a Bill of Rights for Children of Incarcerated Parents, which, um, for those who might want to look at, is accessible on our website, uh, www.sfcipp.org. Um, and those are eight rights that after talking to a lot of young people who had experienced the incarceration of a parent, we came to believe were fundamental. So it mm-hmm. begins with the right to uh, see, touch, and talk with A parent, so that's where visiting comes in. Uh, The right to be kept safe and informed at the time of a parent's arrest. The right to be considered when decisions are made about a parent. So that would be where, you know, sentencing might come in. All the way through the last right, which is the right to a lifelong relationship with a parent. Mm
5: -hmm. How can people get involved
2: if they're interested in the work you're doing at SF-SIP? I think the best way to get involved is either via one of our member organizations, which are all listed on our website with links to their websites, including, you know, the center is one of them. Um, because each of our members uh, is working, actually, much more directly than we are with incarcerated people and their children. We don't provide any kind of direct services.
5: Well, maybe you could provide that
2: website for us one last time before we really? go. Over yeah, it's SFCIPP.org. dot O-R-G. That's one way. And then the other thing that's happened that's really stunned us is that something like 14 states and a number more communities have actually taken it upon themselves to replicate the Bill of Rights and form coalitions, enact them in their own states or communities. So that's kind of like the the deepest and biggest way to get involved is to do what the center has done and take the rights and make them your own and try to get them enacted where you are um, and for whomever your constituency is. But obviously that is, that's a big challenge. But people are doing it all across the country and actually in a couple of other countries as well, we've discovered.
5: That's wonderful, Nell. I really want to thank you for calling in and talking to us about SF-CIP. And just want to thank you for inspiring definitely the center because we have definitely spun off with our Young Mothers Bill of Rights. Um, So thanks again, Nell. And if you want to say one last
2: time, what's that website? Um, It's dot o-r-g and i want to thank you in the center because you guys have inspired me and educated me about organizing i didn't know anything about how to advocate until i went up to juvenile hall and saw you guys in action so um the respect is very much mutual
5: thank you to my guests for coming on the show today i'm venus for without Walls on hard knock radio i've been speaking with jay harper and nell bernstein about rights of incarcerated families For further information on how to get involved, contact Leger Harper at 415-703-8800, extension 212, or visit www.cywd.org. Or www.sistersrisingsf.blogspot.com. This segment of Without Walls Radio was produced by the Center for Young Women's Development and the Without Walls Collective. Every last Friday of the month, Without Walls Radio brings news about the prison industrial complex and the voices of prisoners and former prisoners to the free speech airwaves of California and the nation. Without Walls is a collaboration between All of Us or None, the California Coalition for Women Prisoners, the. Center for Young Women's Development, Free Battered Women, Legal Services for Prisoners with Children, and Hard Knock Radio. Without Walls Radio is hosted by formerly incarcerated people and airs the last Friday of every month during the Hard Knock Radio Hour. Stay tuned.
7: Hey, yo, y'all, what's up? This is De La Soul, y'all. Mm. We're on Hard Knock Radio. Word up. De La Soul. Please.
5: And
4: you're listening to Hard Knock Radio. It's common knowledge that many teenagers think they are invulnerable that no matter what risks they take, bad things will never happen to them. But a recent study suggests that for many teens, the opposite is also true, and that the live fast, die young mentality has very real impacts on the health of teens. Youth Radio's Ankita Barjawaj reports.
8: John, who asked us not to use his real name, was a kind of teenager who drive 100 miles per hour without a seatbelt and jump into a pool from the second story of a building. What his parents said no to? he'd do 10 times harder.
9: When I was a teenager, I didn't think I was gonna live to be past 21. I had alcohol poisoning like at 15, and I was like in a coma, one stage away from death.
8: Adults always say people my age think we're immortal, and that's why we take crazy risks. But for John, who's now 25, it was the opposite.
9: People here are so used to seeing people their own age die, that uh, life isn't as valuable as it should be especially here in Oakland and it's like they're numb like there's no emotion there anymore because it's so common.
8: There's some new research that backs up John's point. A study this summer from the University of Minnesota reports one in seven teenagers in the U.S. thinks he or she has only a 50-50 shot of making it past 35. That alone may not be so surprising but what stands out in the research is the consequences of low life expectancy. Dr. Iris Borowski is the study's lead author.
2: We also found that those who predicted in the first interview that they would die early um, were more likely in the later years to begin engaging in these same risky behaviors, things like illicit drug use, uh, suicide attempts, fighting, unsafe sexual activity.
8: And youth who thought they'd die young were seven times more likely than their more hopeful counterparts to contract HIV or AIDS. Dr. Baraski says pediatricians like her should screen their patients about how they view their futures.
2: If I find that I have a patient who does not see a long road of opportunity ahead of them, this may be an indicator of multiple issues that deserve attention and offer an opportunity to intervene to prevent risky behaviors, including behaviors um, that are associated with um, HIV-AIDS, and, and thus to improve health outcomes.
8: Kevin Bynes runs youth services at the AIDS Project of the East Bay and he sees risky behavior firsthand and its effects.
6: We talk about violence, we talk about substance abuse, but we rarely talk about HIV as one of those things. And it's a growing problem in in this area, and in the Bay Area.
8: The rate of new HIV infections among teens is a problem nationwide, according to a study released this summer by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The number of AIDS diagnoses for males aged 15 to 19 has doubled in the past 10 years, and as of 2006, about 22,000 youth are living with AIDS. Last December, after 10 years of reckless behavior, John became part of that statistic.
9: I had been uh, with somebody that had contracted an STD, and as a precaution, I went into the clinic and decided that I would get tested just to make sure that I was okay. Uh, When I was there, I was offered an HIV test separately from all the STD tests that I had taken. It seems like uh, all the STD things came back negative, but the HIV test came back as positive.
8: John says he's still in shock from the diagnosis. The timing of it all made it extra painful since he says he just stopped running wild when he got the bad news. Researchers are hoping their findings will lead to earlier intervention with young people like John, Whose fatalistic views put them at risk. So that next trip to the doctor's office results in a discussion about future goals rather than an HIV diagnosis. For BeyondOdds.org, I'm Ankita Bardwaj, reporting for Hard Knock Radio.
4: And that's Youth Radio's Ankita Bardwaj. This feature comes to you from Public Radio Makers Quest 2.0, an initiative of AIR, the Association of Independence and Radio Incorporated. This project is made possible with funding from the corporation for public broadcasting.
7: Speech to eat, Bottom line, nine eleven was a trick to my homies on the corner that's already been hit. Young black law graduate mastered it, bactered it, pulled over for running a light and got his mask split. Police harassment is happening faster here amongst black men. Legitimate straps and just action. We could have a pig moon walking back spin like a Jackson. The reason why we go dumb is the question where dope from. I see a vision of slavery on Mars, no bars, just stars overlooking dead blacks at the end of the ropes, huh? Meanwhile, back home on planet Earth, the Almighty is planning to return to shatter her. For practicing God's plan to reverse, as forewarned in every book, chapter and verse. The last word, land is curved, I'll see a dead man walking. Raised from the grave so the peers can't talk. Him. He only responds to hard truth and guerrilla, funk, and intellect. So it's best you stay off him.
10: I see a dead man walking, raised from the grave so the bears can't talking, born rested in peace in American streets, the deceased resurrected to teach rebellious speech to each. David hanging out with you this afternoon, checking out the sounds of my man T. Cash. That's right. The name of the song is Dead Man Walking. It's off the new album, Brains, all over the streets. He is in the building. Mr. T. Cash, man, it's been a long time coming. How you doing?
11: I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you?
10: Good, man. You know, um, you've been making moves. I remember when you first started out, uh you was in Juvenile Hall. And here you are. You've come under the tutelage of Boots Riley. You're rolling with Paris um, and his um, and his uh, guerrilla funk label. And you've been putting out albums that have really made a lot of people open up. You know, not to be cliche, but how does one go from the streets where, you know, you might have had a song five years ago talking about some real nonsense to having a type of consciousness that you have now?
11: You know, I think that um, for a lot of us, it's a process that involves identifying what it is that makes us want to change in the first place. A lot of people just kind of walk around the hood, and if they're artists, they make these, music, these, these songs that are stereotypically negative, gangster rap, you know, booty shake music for a long time. But they're out of touch with what it is that makes them want to change. For example... There might be a dude who's just, you know, subconsciously still grieving over the fact that he doesn't see his son every weekend, you know, or uh, he has some drug issues with himself or maybe in his home, you know, with his parents or it could be a it could be a gang of uh, things. But the big the big bottom line is that once you lock into that, then you start to process it and say, you know what, what can I do to change what I'm talking about to reflect? how I feel about some of these things that affect me. And and one of the things that I, I think personally for me is that growing up, I was involved in a lot of uh, uh, street-based activity, you know, a lot of violence, a lot of dr- drug activity. Um, and I started to feel very ashamed of that. But I couldn't get to the root causes of why that stuff was going
10: on. How did that shame manifest itself? Was it something you tried to cover up or were you very aware?
11: Well, you know, that's a great question. In the beginning, I was was aware of it, but I didn't know how to deal with it. So I covered it up by more of the negativity. So it's like, this is who I am. You know, I'm street. I'm hood. I'm strong. You know, I'm a gangster. I'm a thug. Right. But in reality, you know, I was still scared and grieving over the loss of my father to drugs. He wasn't dead, but he was gone. You know, I had a grandfather that passed away. This all happened in my very, very early years. But by the time you turn 15 and 16 and you think about. Some of the people who have probably came and went, and you start to tell yourself, well, nobody's coming to help me, then you give up, right? And you just decide to cope, right? And you decide to self-medicate. And a lot of young people self-medicate with their resources that are around them. Now, if your resources are just drugs and alcohol and, and uh you know, misled friends who mislead you, you do stuff that is definitely negative. And I did that for a long time. So time went by. And I started to become more and more aware. And I I remember specifically, two things happened. There was a period, maybe 99, you know, 2000. I was involved in a lot of, you know, conflict with different people, you know, in in the streets. And then I moved uh, to Sacramento for a couple of years and i really really started to reflect on what it was i was doing and all of that stuff i started to feel really really bad you know like a lot of these people didn't deserve that i know for a fact that i was the bully and i initiated a lot of that stuff i came home to the bay area a couple of years later and i seen some of these same people and i wanted to come in peace but they were still apprehensive and i said damn man you know it's not even like that anymore man i I don't want anything to do with that lifestyle i I want to, you know, reach out and build a bridge. But people were so apprehensive of me, I felt like a bully and I felt ashamed. You know, it was around that time I started to just kind of study myself and start to dig deep within my own self and say, you know, where did the, where did all this come from? Because those are the days that triggered it. You know, and I came to the conclusion that, again, it was just because of a lot of the personal loss as a young person. And I mean, like nine, 10, you know, 11 and just like I wrote about, you know, my first underground CDs, I wrote about some of the negativity that was going on in my life. Time went by and I started to write about my reflective process. And essentially that became turf war syndrome. Okay. And from there, it kind of snapped in my head. Like, you know, I'm, I, if I can just keep this same formula of kind of like revelation, self-revelation, On wax, so to speak. And I put it in a dialect that everybody can understand. Instead of trying to use these huge words that nobody... from, If I just, I made it plain to myself, if I can just make it plain to the listener, I think I got something here. Paris caught on to that. The rest was history. And that's essentially how I went from the negative to the positive.
10: I started off by asking you about your background and how you overcame because here we are in California and... The mainstream unemployment rate is nearing fifteen percent. Houses are foreclosed. Uh, the governor, who didn't get his measures passed, is now on a rampage, and he's cutting everything. Like for example, in Los Angeles, all the city colleges are done for the summer. Can't take no, can't take no uh, classes in the summer. You're seeing that unemployment benefits are drying up. You're seeing that all these activities that were supposed to be safety nets for young brothers and sisters is gone. And you have stricter requirements for people coming out the pen, many of who are rich. So they're sitting up here in the middle of a recession going, you gotta get a job in 90 days or you're back. You know, and those types of things. And I can see easily this becoming a place where people are hopeless. Because we already see the quote unquote average person who is just feeling hopeless right now. And so I wanted to get you know you to talk to those folks that are going through it because we're, we're in some dire situations and i you know and i don't know maybe it's more than just to talk but at least lay down a blueprint for some of these folks that might find it's just easier just to you know mass this thing self-medicate as you said
11: yeah yeah that's that's a good question you know one of um one of my mentors told me that one of your greatest moves on a chessboard, if you're playing chess, is no move at all. Meaning that let time and your opponent play its hand out and you can get a little more clarity of what you of what it is you need to do right now I think the best move for somebody who isn't in a position to spend the money like they used to is just don't spend your money I mean really really penny pinch if you can do that A second, th- the second thing is that if you can go back to school or if you can get some certification do that I would really strongly suggest that you incorporate online technology into whatever field you might want to go into education wise this period in our economy is definitely a period of transition. Nothing is stable right now as we already know. And it's funny you brought up the 15% unemployment rate because in some... That's just for the mainstream. It's much higher amongst us in the hood. Well, you know, right now, if if you follow macroeconomics, that the term for a high unemployment rate mixed with uh, a recession and in some areas just inflation on on micro levels uh we're almost at a point of what's called stagflation which is not good because there's a push and a pull you know economically and that's really rough so my first advice off you know off top man is do not spend your money number 2 try to find your what your credit score is excuse me because essentially right now cash and credit have switched places in a lot of in in a lot of areas and sometimes they switch back like for for some places like nevada people from california leave and go to nevada they get you know their their money goes a little farther with housing because these housing prices are so low but they want cash down Right. This is the time where I think you have to study where you are financially. And there may be new areas that you just never walked into. You know, what's your ability to get a home loan? Can you even qualify? And I'm saying this because when recessions are over with, there are new laws that are being written and put into play that might alienate the common person from achieving a bounce back. So it's like, well, you know, the interest only loans, you know, uh, these adjustable mortgage rate loans for housing is really jacked up. We're going to say uh, no more to that. Right. So you got that bill passed. And then all of a sudden, you know, five years later, some of these people were in the same boat that they were five years before that. That's the only way they could afford a house. It's not their fault. There were people who genuinely wanted to buy a home for their family. The abuse from the uh, adjustable mortgage rate crisis came from. Uh, predatory lending and greedy investors who kept buying on top of uh, uh, bu- uh, uh, buying house on top of house on top of house on top of house. OK, so uh, back to the common person, these circumstances don't af- they weren't caused by them. But if you don't study where your cash and your credit boundaries are now, you might end up being a victim of somebody else's circumstances that you don't even have nothing to do with. You
10: know, how, how, you know what you're talking about? How similar is that to? Just, you know, what goes on in the streets, you know, or at least how you remember it, you know, the economics and, okay. you know, and, you know, you know, all this stuff that you're breaking down. How how, how much is that? You know, how much of that has some sort of uh, relevance for people who is in that lifestyle?
11: Yeah. Um, you know what it really comes down to? And, you know, I'm just going to use just gen- generalizations, man. I'm not going to say no names and no places, but OK, well, let's use me and you for an example. OK, Davey D, uh, you're, you're a drug lord. You know, and I'm not. Right. But I got aspirations to be that. OK, um, you've made it bad for our community. Right. Because you've attracted the police, other gangs, this, that and the other. Right. What I say is, well, a lot of other people are like, oh, man, that's messed up, man. You know, he dude is getting man, this, He's making the block a little. You know what I mean? He's making the block real hot. OK. What I would do is that I would just kind of keep to myself and lay low and see what your situation is going to be and make sure that that's not my situation by countering that. Okay, well, they're passing new laws saying that we can't congregate with you anymore. Okay, so me and my people together, we're not going to congregate with you anymore, right? But that doesn't mean I'll tell everybody else not to congregate with you because that's more people. That's competition, too. So I'm just going to let them congregate with you. And you know what I mean? So you want to see what the outcome is going to be going to be and at the same time assess your own team right because something may happen in the end where you actually go to jail and I'm still around right so I don't want to be a victim of your circumstances so I study your circumstances. You see what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, I don't encourage that. But if you were on the streets, that's an example of, you know, the same situation you're seeing with the current recession. You know, because, you know, in the hood, man, you know, it's 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 a free-for-all if you live in that lifestyle. You know, you you, you don't care. You got to get it, you know. And uh, th- there you have it, you know, by any means necessary.
10: We've been talking with T-Cash. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break. We're going to listen to something off the album. What's a good one?
11: You know what? Let's do... Let's do terror sales, man.
10: We'll be right back.
7: Sitting in the jailhouse cause I won't turn a switch What do with the coup of where is? So a So this share for grand Get the cigarette cause I'm getting hit as a domestic terrorist. I'm in the library Units with a seven Z's. I see my cousin Young talking to a different kids Busting cars with the poodles and the rookies they breaking all the suckers for their noodles and their cookies The hookers wave way high but I ain't no trick The feds break another deal but I ain't no snitch I got seven different types over seven nights From about seven different clicks, but I ain't No shit. I'm a hard truth soldier and and the new Rollers told me, Roller, well, I'm sitting in the bus in the cuffs. Somehow I was more preliminary. Cats out of military base. Okay. I got more to do for you. you. I'm you. You. you got it. What you going to do? And that's what they'll do for you. Oh. For you. Oh. I'm glad you got it. Cause I'm coming Just once it's walking in your courtroom looking like a man from my nose to my toes with the face track. government attorney in the military uniform military troops at the doors reported sworn. All right. the bailiff said me versus homeland security but it's all lie it's really just a way to leave black people out from the North American Union act in disguise surprise they thought they had a bird in the air but it was really from the office of internal affairs so the case got dropped and the snakes got stopped. I was juiced so I threw the 43rd in the air cause a gang injunction wasn't made to function as a way to say the kid's trying to hang his husband it's made to from on the claim of nothing and the slaves of youngsters like the days of tough are
10: David true davy d hanging out with you the name of the song Terracells. cells and uh for people who didn't get it s-e-l-l-s um when you're writing songs like this is this you or is this you in paris
11: well you know it's all me when i write um production is paris me in paris you know so you know the the Influence, of course, you know, growing up, and even now, is Paris, you know, if if there's one thing I can say, I've learned from Paris is that it's good to include as much detail as far as what the current events are. Not to a point where you time, you know, you you, you make yourself sound dated, you know, like you you put a kind of a, a time label on yourself, but you know, you just. You try to include as as much detail as possible. So instead of just saying recession and the government, you say Schwarzenegger. And you say, you know, like you were talking about the companies and, I mean, uh, the um, some of the colleges having their funds cut. You know, you can talk about um, how he's trying to eliminate healthy families and how he's trying to eliminate CalWORKs for a lot of you know that's for like social services for like welfare and like welfare to work program you know so i just try to stick with a lot of detail that's something that i got directly from uh, paris
10: um you know one of the things that I noticed you know and I've known you for a long time is that you you you, you talked about converting to Islam and um, you know I don't know if you're with the nation or if it's orthodox or whatever but you know I know because I've seen you around with a lot of the brothers from the nation but two things one your thoughts on Obama's trip to the Middle East and addressing the Muslim world and you know uh, any thoughts on just how the tone has been towards you contrasting that with being a black man um, versus being a Muslim in America. You know, one of the things, uh, one of
11: the mistakes that we can always make, Davy, is that we separate our race from our religion as Black Muslims. And even if you're a member of the nation, uh, even if you're an Orthodox Muslim, we feel that because we've heard Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him say. There is no difference in Islam between races, as long it it, it, only in the aspect of piety. Then we dismiss the issues that face us as black men, and we forget that no one ever said that we didn't have differences. We just agree that they don't mean anything in Islam. Okay, so that's the first thing. And when we don't realize that. We dismiss race. And I'm not saying that it's not okay to dismiss race. I'll be the first one to dismiss it on a lot of levels. But the catch is that if you dismiss race in an erroneous way, you dismiss the cultures of the people that the concepts of race were based around, even in Islam. Right? There are different ways of worship for African Muslims that came to the shores of America in contrast to the Arab Muslims of the original Ummah that Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, uh, uh, developed. Um, okay, now with Obama, with him engaging the Muslim world, this is very, very intricate to me because he was engaging the Muslim world on the behalf of a country that, quote unquote, is not a religious country. So he stood up there and he had half religious ideology and half political Uh, um, Diplomacy To deliver To these countries Right I think it was a very A very uh, It was like a tightrope walk For him I think he did it very well I think he did it very well However This is where It gets a little tricky Is that We have to make sure that we don't leave it all up to Obama. And I mean that to the Islamic community. That was a great platform, a great platform for people who say that America and the Middle East are not on good terms, you know, religiously. Of course, we have extremists on both sides in America and in the Middle East. But that's a great platform for us, regardless of who's the president, to engage with each other. If you know people overseas, if people overseas know you. A great great opportunity to start to finally engage
10: you know when you uh have this strong um you know when you are muslim you know is there room for black people to be christian you know and 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 how do you break bread with that and i say that because on paris's album y'all took some shots at the christians you know play, praying to the white jesus and all that is there room you know, if, if we have Muslim for 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 black folks to be Christians,
11: there's plenty of room. And I encourage any black person to return to God, whether it th- be through the mosque, the synagogue, the Orthodox synagogue or the church. But specifically with Christians, let's get it all the way straight. If you as a black person have an issue with black people being a part of the church, you go In my opinion, you go against what it means to be black in America altogether, because when we came upon the shores, we were stripped of what our ability to worship our God, right? Our own social culture and our ability to reproduce and be uh, um, nuclear within ourselves. Okay. now let's go back to the God part. When you dismiss people say and this is where it gets really tricky. You can't fully conceptualize a black Christian if you can't conceptualize black people, indigenous Africans in Christianity before us coming to America. You forget about King Najashi of Ethiopia and the Axum. You forget about the countless Orthodox Christians of Africa and North Africa. And you forget the countless Orthodox uh, Christians who, when they were here in America, went back to uh africa i forgot some of the names of the brothers a great book to read people is islam and the african-american experience by richard brent turner and they'll tell you about the african church members who came and went back to africa and engaged with the islamic community the point I'm, i'm trying to make is to study and i'm pretty sure what paris is saying too is just study your history religiously and spiritually before america and it'll make more sense
10: as a Muslim or as a Christian, is religion an opiate that keeps us from really doing what we need to do? No, I, I think that uh,
11: people look at
10: religion as some...
11: Uh, a fixation of the mind it's a coping it's a coping mechanism it's a crutch i think that comes from a very western european rationalist state of mind and in reality i don't believe that it's an open for the masses i think that in america and in other places religion has been attached to passive aggressiveness it's been attached to nostalgia and the materialization of religiousness in one's life has been downplayed to the point where you don't necessarily see the immediate benefits often enough to truly believe. Now, that word in itself, I believe, is different from when people say, well, I I understand. And what most people who say that, you know, it's just the open for the masses say is that, well, I just don't understand how you could believe so much nonsense we don't understand how our car works david when we get inside our car every day and turn the key on you can't tell me how it worked you but you wouldn't you believe is going to get you from point a to point b i don't understand completely how god works but i believe as in faith that he'll get me from point a to point b in this world we have people who believe in cars <laughs> more than they do god you see so if the understanding of god is your issue that's fine, but you don't have to completely understand why you believe in God in order to believe in God, and I and that's why I feel it's not an open for the masses. People on that level, I think, and this is again expanding on it even more. Even in hip hop, when people don't believe in God and are like righteously in opposition to God, right? I think that comes from a, a very deep point of victimhood. To the point where you feel like, well, I've been through so much. I need to do this now and do that now. I'm tired of doing things for other people and not getting anything back. Now, what did I just talk about? All of these all of these entities in the world that make you believe that if you pray, if you go to church, if you go to the mosque, you ain't get nothing back. It's all about money. You need to get off your ass, boy, and do what you got to do and stop tripping off this God stuff. Right? Look how we're raised. God, if you just give me some money. God, if you just give me some money, you don't get no money. You think, God, you ain't looking out for me. What's going on? you raise raised like that. You grow up. You go to school. You get, you get an education or you get a good job. You get some money. You get money over and over again. You're like, well, why I got to pray? I'm getting money right now. Well, how have you been taught to engage God? Is it just to ask for money or ask God to uh, convert to you? Or were you raise to convert to God and what God wants? See, many a times, and myself included, man, we get caught up in trying not to follow God's plan, but for God to follow our plan, especially in hip-hop. Hip-hop is riddled with things that are on the contrary to God, right? And I know that for a fact. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm in it every day. I see it. People, lay, lay, hey, la, Hey, you got some weed? Oh, I'm going to go to church tomorrow. Oh, I didn't make it this morning, man. I was hung over. You know what I'm saying? All of these fallacies, man. So that's my big, long, drawn-out answer. <laughs> We've
10: been talking with T-Cash. We are out for now. Check out his album, uh, Brains All Over the Street. Peace.
7: Now, I was raised on the phrase, it was songs for life. Because my hood never understood wrong from right. All we knew was be strong and right. And if somebody wanted static with the gang, it was on tonight. These days. That ain't even what I'm on in life I just want to come home at night I just want to be there to get the door for my daughter and her mama When she brings her for the week so I sleep till the morning light like. Yup, yeah, that's what I'm on tonight I don't long to fight,
0: so I disown my pride Homeboys oh, the And as program, so this is I'm Hard Knock on Radio My name is Mike and Jakes here at the Controls With some quick announcements to make before we get up out of here Going down Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Is the Hood Games Skateboard and Music Jam This is happening at Splash Pad Park in Oakland It's right across the street from the Grand Lake Theater Again, this is happening Sunday between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. Kicking off July 31st through August 2nd is the Reggae Rising Music Festival. For more information, go to reggaerising.com. Performers include Luciano, Gentleman, in the Far East Band, Marsha Griffiths, and the Maytals, the Original Wailers, Campleton, Sister Carol, and many, many more. Again, reggaerising.com for all the details. Going down August 8th at the Regency Ballroom in San Francisco, Leela James is in town, along with Bilal and Anthony David. For more information about that show, on to goldenvoice.com And before we get up out of here, we'd just like to remind our listeners once again to check out the website beyondtheodds.org to hear the perspectives of young people living with HIV and AIDS. This website also provides tons of information, including facts, myths, prevention tips, resources, and info where to get tested. You can also check out the blogs and video content. Again, that's beyondtheodds.org. It's Hard Knock Radio. We're out for now. Peace.
11: wonder what your financial support allows kpfa to do increase access the last couple of years has seen the kpfa website change from a basic information destination to an interactive portal to progressive programming and an archival resource kpfa.org total
3: access support kpfa at kpfa.org thank you Hey, I'm Brian.
11: During our last marathon, we came up short, but we decided to end on time anyway so that we could bring in more radio and less fundraising. If you appreciate that, we need you to help us make up the difference by pledging online at www.kpfa.org. 365 days a year, we do our part at KPFA. A few times a year, we ask you to do your part by pledging financial support for this radio station. Do it now at KPFA.org.
4: KPFA Berkeley, KPFB Berkeley, KFCF Fresno,
2: online kpfa.org. 5 (inaudible) p.m. of Nexus (inaudible) Flashpoints.